if you're going to start a business, start something that matters. Start something that generates buzz. Start something that people want to talk about. Don't just make another something that's on the market. Make it special. Hello, and welcome to Shopify Masters, your companion for starting and building a business. I'm Shwang Esther Shan. If you love skincare, you know that sunscreen is crucial to your beauty routine. Katanya Bro felt called to create a better sunscreen when she noticed the lack of clean and effective options for people of color. So she launched Unsun Cosmetics in 2016 to create a protective mineral-based sunscreen that didn't leave a white residue and that's also kind to our environment. Today, Unsigned Cosmetics can be found in more than 5,000 CVS stores nationwide, and it's raved about by editors of Allure magazine. Katanya is here to share how she formulated the ideal mineral sunscreen, managed to educate and uplift her customers while growing a profitable business. Katanya, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. We're so excited to have you. And what I find super fascinating with your career journey is that you used to be in construction. You had your own company, different industry for over two decades. Talk to us about operating in a completely different industry and the skills that you've taken with you into the beauty industry. Yes, of course. It's so interesting to hear Yeah, I've been doing something for over two decades, right? It makes me feel so ancient. But, you know, ancient people are good people. We have all the wisdom. So, yeah, so I did do construction for 20 years. I started with historical restoration and as a salesperson. And while in grad school, maybe six months before graduating, I went out on my own. And did historical restoration for a while, eventually led into custom home building, Did a lot of work after Hurricane Katrina because I was living in New Orleans. And, you know, after 20 years, I just really desired something different. I really wanted to move back home to Los Angeles, had no idea what I was going to do. And what I realized, though, is that when you're an entrepreneur and you run a business, businesses have so many things in common. You know, the accounting, the relationships, all of the things that you can carry from one business to another. So I'm so grateful for the time that I had in that industry because many of those experiences have really helped me in this cosmetics business. So the beginning of Unsun Cosmetics was due to a personal skincare journey where you notice a change in your skin. So can you tell us the journey that you went through before you started this business? Yes. So many of the older women and men in my family have these little black moles or bigger black moles, just black moles all over their faces. So quite naturally, I assumed that that was intended for me as I got older, One morning looking in the mirror, I noticed I had five or six little spots on my face. And I said to myself, well, that's interesting. They're coming so quickly. So I made an appointment with a dermatologist and was shocked to hear that they were not genetic, but the result of sun damage. I literally did not believe that Black people got sun damage. We never wore sunscreen when we were children. 
I was a Girl Scout, a Brownie, and a cadet. All my camping trips, my white little sister cadets and brownies all got the sunscreen and I was passed over. So quite naturally, it instills in you this belief. So I became addicted to sunscreen. I'm now armed with this new information that I don't have to be 70 with a face full of spots. So I went right to Walgreens and got whatever sunscreen they had. Once again, I'm on a huge learning curve. I don't know anything about sunscreen. While you're shopping, you also notice a gap in the market that there's not the ideal product that you were looking for that was uh, both comfortable, protective, and also good for the environment. Yes, historically, close to 80% of sunscreens on the shelves will be chemical actives which were very irritating for me, burned my eyes. I hated the chemical smell and I just couldn't find anything. I went through so many different sunscreens because I didn't know the difference between a chemical active and a mineral active. So finally, I happened upon a mineral sunscreen, which was great. It didn't burn my eyes. It didn't have a weird smell, but it left this really crazy looking white residue on my face and my hairline on my eyebrows. It was just so difficult to work with. And all I wanted was something that was easier to work with, tinted, but the same mineral actives. So I actually went on a little hunt. I went looking for this product and I found two in spas, not in the stores. But because They weren't tinted with my skin tone in mind. They left me either gray or lavender. And it was just a really, really frustrating journey for me. Then you decide that maybe I can be the one to start formulating and experimenting in that realm to create your own sunscreen. So how did you approach formulation? Yeah, it would have been so poetic if I had just woke up one day and say, hmm, maybe I'll do this. (laughs) But it was a little different than that. The path was... A little different. I really didn't expect to end up in this business. So a friend of mine had a hair care line and I just asked if I could meet his chemist. Because when I say that I was so addicted to sunscreen, I literally would not go outside to get the paper or do anything without putting sunscreen on. So when he agreed to introduce me, we made this beautiful formulation. I have a large family, all different skin tones. And one of the things I noticed, because now we're all armed with this information, the women are much more interested than the guys in not having these moles. So when we tried them, we learned that this particular one that he made really worked well on all of our skin tones and the differences in our tones. It was then that I said, hmm, maybe I can build a business around this. And a huge part of it would have to be informing women of color that, yes, we absolutely do need sunscreen. And that's really how Unsun was born. We're chatting now. It's a sentence that we're saying that Unsun was born, but in your real life business journey, it actually took over two years from formulation to actually launching the business. Tell us about all the hurdles, all the twists and turns that you had to endure. (laughs) Yes, it was quite a journey. So when I decided that I would build a brand around this product, I first went to get tubes. And the tubing manufacturer, because it's a sunscreen, because it's OTC, things that I didn't know at the time and during that visit, I was asked about this test and that test and stability and all of these different tests. And I said, oh, no, very confidently. We don't have them yet, but we will. I'll go and tell my lab right now that we need to get these tests done. 
So when I went to him, he informed me that he could not request the test. And I was like, well, why not? I don't understand. He said, because I'm not an FDA approved lab. And it was just such a huge learning curve for me. And so I said, okay, we have this beautiful formulation. Now I have to go and start all over. I first had to find a lab that was FDA certified. So I did. I found a lab, we had an agreement, we signed a contract. They started making this product, they made the samples, they were just as great, if not a little better. Incredibly clean ingredients, beautiful, everything that I wanted. So I put the PO in, paid my deposit, and I was waiting. It was gonna take, I don't remember how long. So at that point, let's say it was due in March. I started calling, I'm looking, okay, where, are we ready yet? What's happening? And no response. It took months for them to respond. Literally, I started calling every extension in the business, the accountant's office, the mailroom. I was just trying to get someone to track down a person I could speak with. And this is a big company. So finally, I tracked down the general manager. I sent emails and then I called. And then the, the conversation basically went like this, not quite verbatim, but, oh, I'm so sorry. Were you not made aware of our new mission policy? Um, no, I'm sorry, I was not. Well, we have decided moving forward, we're only working with larger companies. <laughs> so you can imagine, I'm like, wait, what? But I have this order in, what is going on? So what I did get from it is they gave me my formulation. They just gave me all the information. And so then I had to start again from scratch. But as you may or may not know, formulations are very expensive. We pay a lot for our formulas that we own. So, you know, it was a bit of a headache, but at least I got this beautiful formulation that I didn't have to pay for. And so I started from scratch. I found another FDA approved lab, made sure that they were working with small companies. And fast forward, we were able to launch the middle of 2016. The multiple restarts. Um, <laughs> and I feel like you are so positive about this experience and looking at the silver lining. I guess in those moments, what pushed you forward to say, I want to restart, I want to reinvest, and I want to actually get this out into the market? We often think about sunscreen in terms of premature aging or sunspots or moles, but the reality is that while Black people don't get skin cancer as often as our white counterparts do, our mortality rates are higher because when we get a, a, a mole that looks crazy because we've been conditioned to believe that we didn't need sunscreen and that we were not susceptible to these damages, it, it just kind of escapes us. We think of a million other reasons why that mole is there and we just wait for it to go away. By the time we realize, hmm, this isn't going away, we visit the doctor, it's often too late. And that's why our mortality rates are higher. I was just really compelled to do this because it's different. I get, you know, it's a much more interesting environment, but I really wanted to feel like I was doing something important. And I do every day. I feel like I am. And speaking to that, I feel like starting on sun almost a decade ago, you had to actually do this customer education. You had to inform your customers about this need and also 
incorporate that a part of your storytelling and marketing. So how did you approach that in the beginning and make it inclusive and approachable? Well, at that time, we so we launched with one SKU. Today, we have 11 SKUs across two lines, but we just went on Facebook. We went on Instagram. We started going to expos and doing little events like that because we didn't, we weren't making money. We didn't have a lot of money to buy ads. I don't know if ads were such a big thing there, but we were just really doing a grassroots kind of method of getting out there and talking about it and telling people. And where we were really fortunate is that we got a lot of early press. And a lot of the early press was, you know, Catania Bro makes sunscreen for Black people. And it really started this wonderful conversation. And people started getting on board. People were like, oh, wow, this is interesting. Really? We just didn't know. So all of the free press really helped our efforts to get the message out. And it's an amazing story. I am chatting with Katanya Bro, founder of Unsun Cosmetics. I hope you're enjoying our conversation. And if you haven't already, subscribe or follow Shopify Masters wherever you get your podcasts and maybe leave us a review or feedback for the show. Thanks. So I do want to dig into that aspect of press. A lot of new founders might be a little nervous about approaching media and it's a hard industry to navigate to make sure that you do get the covers you want. What tips do you have for other business founders to generate press? Look, the reality is that PR firms are very expensive. So it's not something that most people can afford to do. We couldn't afford to do it when we launched. So the key is going to be, if you're going to start a business Start something that matters. Start something that generates buzz. Start something that people want to talk about. Don't just make another something that's on the market. Make it special. Do your research on ingredients, on sustainability, on what's good for the environment. These are the topics that are really starting to take off, that people want to talk about. People are really interested in what they're putting on their face, in their bodies, whatever your concept is. Make sure that it's different. Because if it's different and you start talking about it, others will too. And that's the key. It's just being authentic, just being yourself, getting out there. I'm told so often that I need to start talking more on Instagram. It doesn't necessarily come natural for me, but I do it because people want to know. They want to know who built these businesses and why. So make sure you have a great story to tell and a great product to put out there. Another interesting aspect of On Sun Cosmetics is the fact that you bootstrap the business and just now you are exploring fundraising and talking to different investors. So what advice do you have for founders who are in the trenches and they're bootstrapping their business as well? It's challenging. I waited because I really wanted to build something before I started talking with investors because I want to maintain as much of the company as I can. And when you start really early and investors come in earlier, then quite naturally they can demand a larger percentage of the company because you really don't have anything to show for it yet. So they're really just kind of trusting in you. We're literally just going into the fundraising phase and doing some due diligence with investors, but it's a challenge. It's really tough. So make sure that you either keep your full-time job or you set enough money aside because you're not going to get paid. In those early days, weeks, months, or years even, 
everything that you make needs to go back into the business to really build the brand. So don't just make a decision because a lot of people think entrepreneurship is so glamorous, but it's a lot of work. Make a plan for your finances. Make sure that you have the support. And if you have friends and family that you can tap into for a little income, that would be really, really helpful. And as you're talking to different investors or prepping for your pitches, what kind of investors are you looking for and how are you preparing yourself for this next financial chapter? You know, it's an interesting question because we're not quite a startup, right? We're six years old, but because we have not received any investment money, we're early for a lot. We're too early for a Series A. So we're really talking to angels or investors that really want to start working with companies that are young but already have traction. So for a company that's really small, that's really just beginning, I would start talking to angels as soon as you can and get that first investment going as soon as you feel like you need it, um, ahead of when you actually need it, maybe a year out. If you feel like this money's running out, the business is getting some traction, start then and start looking at angels. There are lots of them out there. They're kind of like unicorns to find, but Crunchbase is a great place to find them. It's a wonderful app. You can use it for free or you can pay to get more access and data, but it's a wonderful place to find angel investors and all the other investors. And a crucial point of change is when you really want to scale your business. I think what else is beautiful about Unsun is you're also very passionate about making sun care and skin care more accessible. So talk to us about your mass line with different drugstores. Yeah, so we created Mass. Our prestige line, a tube of sunscreen is $29. We were getting emails from people just saying that it was just a little out of reach for them. They really wanted to protect themselves, but that was a little out of their range. So we decided to make a Mass Stitch line, which which the price point is $17 as opposed to $29 in an untinted version that's $14. So which makes it more accessible to the customer. And as we know, CVS, Target, Walgreens, those stores are accessible to all the masses. They're everywhere and people can find them everywhere. So we really wanted to have that option for people because I don't feel like you have to resort to something that isn't good for you just because you don't have the money. So we really wanted to help in that area. And for founders, it would be a dream to get a large contract from a retailer like CVS or Walgreens. Talk to us about retailer relationships and how do you establish and maintain them over the years? So it starts with the buyer. The buyer is going to reach out to you. It's difficult though, it's challenging. It's not something one person can do. So for all three, Target, CVS and Walgreens, I have a broker that really helps facilitate all of the different moving parts that are involved with being in big retailers like this. And for the smaller ones like Goop and Grove, a lot of the other smaller ones I communicate with there's an issue, if there's a question, I'm always sending out. I just keep those lines of communication open. But, you know, getting into these retailers, 
We were very, very fortunate in that they all reached out to us. And so what that does is it goes back to my original comment about getting it out there because they're looking for the next best thing. And so when you're getting your voice out there, you're talking about this wonderful product that you've created and most importantly, why it's different. You're much more likely to have them take notice of you and reach out to you. So that's the most critical thing that you can do is just be incredibly passionate, make a product that you love, that you use, and that's important to everybody. And I think things are much more likely to fall in place. I think getting that contract is that first exciting step, but it also comes with a lot of stress and change within your operations and improvements of your business. So talk to us a little bit about after that contract is in your hands, what did you have to get in line? <laughs> so CVS is our first one. And I'll tell you this, it's a little embarrassing, but I I hadn't had a big contract like that ever. So I didn't really know what to expect. We were in a lot of stores, but it was, you know, the orders we could manage in-house. So we get the initial POs and it's like pallets and pallets. So I'm in an office building. We don't have a deck or a dock. So I called a friend of mine. I was like, I need a warehouse because it's all this inventory coming in. I hadn't set up a warehouse relationship yet. So he offered me his warehouse, but it had stairs. I literally had to call like 12 of my friends. We're taking the product off the pallets, bringing them upstairs, and then we're fulfilling the POs in the, in the parking lot and wrapping the pallets up. It was just a nightmare. So I learned so, but you know, we learned the biggest lessons from the craziest situations, right? And so I learned that only lasted for about three weeks before I found and developed a relationship with a warehouse who now does all of that. But it's so important to be prepared. It is so important to be prepared. If you get a call like that, as soon as you get a call, find a 3PL service that's going to help you with all of that, because those days were crazy crazy. You have no idea. And so, yeah, you want to make sure that you have the staff. You most importantly want to make sure that you have the inventory. You know the questions to ask. Are they going to pay for shipping? Are you going to pay for shipping? Makes a huge difference. And so all these little things, are they going to pay when someone returns a product? Are they going to pay when things go on clearance? Are they going to make you pay and then send the product back to you? There's so many questions. If you're in thousands of stores, these things become really, really significant. So please don't go into a contract blindly. Find someone who knows what this looks like, who's had these relationships. Find a broker if you can. It really does make all the difference in the world. Thank you for sharing that story. I know that you can look back and yeah. laugh at it now. <laughs> yeah. Another part I really wanted to dig into is the fact that when you launched in 2016, the beauty landscape, and even now, is owned by a lot of large conglomerates. And we do see a lot more independent brands coming into the scene. So how are you feeling about the dynamics of the beauty industry now? And I guess advice for independent brand owners as they're trying to navigate this industry as well. 
there are a lot of beauty conglomerates coming on the market. When we launched in 2016, there was no one on the market creating sunscreen for people of color. That messaging just wasn't there. The no white cast, the no white residue, it wasn't there. And since 2020, when a lot of the big companies decided that they wanted to support minority-owned brands, Black-owned brands specifically, a lot of the messaging changed. So now you see these big companies using the same language, hiring more Black and minority women in their ads and men in their ads, and really targeting those conversations to people of color. And here's what I say. I say wonderful. Wonderful that you give more options to people who were largely ignored despite the monies that they spent. In that regard, so I'm like, this is great. The other way though, is that small companies are making the products that matter. They're making the products for the specific demographic and some are being bought out by the bigger companies because they see the potential. And what I'm hoping is that when they're buying them out, they're not changing the formulations. They're not changing what these products were originally intended to do. And a big part of Unsun's success is also its team. So can you talk to us about when you had to expand, when you had to hire, how were you building this foundation for your business that is its people? Yeah, I made a lot of mistakes early. I started with, like a lot of people do, hiring nieces and cousins and family members. And it's hard because when they're not doing well and it's time to fire them, it becomes a whole political landscape, right, with family members. So I learned that earlier. And the second thing, I was at a conference, a Wall Street Festival conference in New York, and I swung by Inc. Magazine and and went to see the offices and sat with the editor-in-chief. And I said, you know, can you just give me some advice? We were probably two years old then. What's the best advice in all of these companies that you've dealt with that you could share with me? And she said, hire slowly and fire quickly. And I've learned the hard way of how important that is. Because when you're a small company and people are there and you're there working with them every day, you kind of develop a relationship, right? It kind of becomes like family. And so when it's time to let them go because it's not working out for whatever reason, it becomes challenging to do. So you hold on a little longer. Maybe they'll get better. And your team is everything. Your team will make or break your brand. And I was very resistant to that for a long time. And I'm not anymore. Because as we continue to grow and to scale, it's very important. So I take my time hiring someone. And if I see that it's not working out, I quickly make a change. And while training is so annoying and bringing on a new person and having to disclose all of this new information, it's worth it in the long run to develop a team that you can really count on, that really brings something to the table instead of their physical body. And I think Sometimes with uncomfortable decisions, we think that waiting might make it more comfortable, but it actually is the inverse. So definitely agree. We know that there's also exciting expansion news for Unsun. Can you tell us about new stores and new locations um, where our listeners can find Unsun products next? Yeah, of course. So we launched in about 5,000 CVS stores last year. 
This year we're launching in Target and Walgreens and we're launching in Blue Mercury stores, our prestige line. We have three new big accounts opening this year and three new relationships to navigate. And so we are really excited by all of them. Awesome. Very exciting. Thank you so much for being here, Catania. Yeah, thank you for having me. It was great. That's Catania Bro from Unsun Cosmetics. And thank you for joining us on Shopify Masters. Our show is produced by Megan Coyle and Gogo Zoger. Our engineers are Matt Schwartz and Miku Betlam. Benjamin Gottlieb is our supervising producer. And I'm Shwang Esther Shan. We will see you next time. <laughs>